You know, when you can get to a place in your life where, you, where your heart screams out, Lord, I need you. That's a good place to be. Every moment of every day. How many people need them every moment of every day? I know I do. God, keep us in that place. Let me get situated here. Is anyone excited about the word tonight? What a privilege it is to be here. My name is Paul Burke. I am the director here at this wonderful ministry. For those of you uh, that uh, do not know who I am, uh, I have the privilege of uh, alongside and with Pastor Don Wilkerson uh, leading this wonderful, wonderful, great ministry and along. Aside uh, the rest of the pastoral staff, Pastor Will, Pastor Charles, Pastor Winston, we have a, a great team of uh, staff and interns and a wonderful house of students that we deeply and dearly love. And uh, it's an awesome place to be here at Brooklyn Teen Challenge. Right where, where it all started in 1958. What a blessing to be here. Well, if you could... Uh, I'm going to share a word tonight. Hopefully, I won't be more than a couple hours. Uh, <laughs> Listen, if we're here a couple hours, the Lord really did something amazing in this place. So it'll be a good thing. So, But I don't think, I'm not counting on that. Not that I'm not counting on the Lord doing something amazing, but I'm not counting on being here two hours. I don't want to get everyone scared. So we got to get out of this place now before this crazy guy gets started. I'm going to be sharing out of Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Um, really felt uh, impressed on my heart the last couple weeks. I, I had mentioned that we have a great pastoral staff. There's a number of people here that could have preached uh, on the spot at any time tonight. But I really felt uh, as we're heading into the Christmas season that the Lord dropped this word on my heart. And I want to deliver it to you tonight. Um, and I really, really feel like it's an uh, on-time word, not just because I'm coming from the portion of Scripture that is about the birth of Christ, but also the subject uh, that I will be speaking of. But uh, are we all there? Luke chapter 1? Not as many turning pages now that everybody goes digital on their phone, their laptops, and everything else. Verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel of the Lord said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I'm going to repeat that one more time. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Then I'm going to go to verse 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel of the Lord said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and, and he shall, his name shall be called Jesus. He will be great, and, I will, and, I, and I will be call, he will be called the Son of the Highest. 
And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I don't know a man? And the angel answered, said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, which she was barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel of the Lord departed from her. The title uh, of and the subject of what I will be ministering to you is when favor looks unfavorable. When favor looks unfavorable. Father, we thank you for your word, which is already anointed. We don't have to pray over it or ask for it to be anointed. It is anointing. What I do, what I do pray for tonight, Lord God, that is you will anoint me, the speaker, God, and you will anoint uh, the listener, Lord, their heart, so that they'd be able to receive your word. Father, I pray against any distraction, anything that would come against the preaching or the ministering of your gospel, Lord, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. When favor looks unfavorable. The word favor, it means approval, support, or liking for someone or something. It's an act of kindness beyond what is due or what is usual. It's a feel or show of approval or uh, preference. As we, I just read in this portion of scripture, we know that the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said that she was highly favored, that she was, she was special amongst women, that she would be blessed, and that God had found favor on her, and he was going to give her a child, and this child would be born, and this child would be, uh, would be the son of God, and this, the, uh, this, uh, this child would be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he, he declared over her that this was going to take place. And because this was going to take place in her life and through her life, that she was going to be considered favored of God. That must be wonderful to be considered favored of God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if tonight if you went home and went to lay in your bed at night and, and right before you fell asleep, an angel of the Lord came in your room and he said, you are highly favored. Favored and said that, that God was going to do something so very special in your life and that you should rejoice over what God was going to do. Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't that be awesome if an angel of the Lord came and said, you're going to be favored? What would that lead you to believe? I mean, for me, if an angel of the Lord came to me and said, listen, you're going to be favored. I mean, God is with you. He's going to do something great. You're going to give birth to a king. I mean, I would start to believe like, man, things are really going to start working out for me now. I mean, God has favored me, and God has a special plan for me, and this is going to be really, really good. In fact, if he's going to give me a son, and this son is going to be a king, well, that means my son is going to have power and wealth, and he's going to have all this authority, and well, that would be good for me, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it sound like this would be good news? That you were going to be favored. That you were going to, uh, to, to, to be used by God in such a special, unique, dynamic way. You see, the, the birth of Jesus embodied the mercy of our Heavenly Father. That, uh, a Heavenly Father that would go to no end to reconcile himself to his children. And Christmas happens to be 
one of the greatest shows of God's favor to humanity, the greatest show, the fact that he would love us enough that he would send a Savior into the world, that he would step out of heaven and become 100% God and 100% man, and that he would go through everything that he would have to go through one day to hang on a, an old rugged cross and take the death that we deserve upon his body. And three days later, after that time, that he would rise from the dead and he would sit at the right hand of the Father like he is right now. So Christmas is so very important, and, and, and the whole world celebrates this time. And some people know what they're celebrating, and some people uh, don't really care necessarily about what they're celebrating. But the whole world gets festive, and the whole world uh, 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 celebrates and gets ready for this great celebration of the birth of a Savior, of a great moment in time where God favored not only this woman, Mary, but favored us and would send a Savior to us. Favor. God's favor. Sounds like such a wonderful thing. If we look at the beginning of the situation, it, it begins with the angel of the Lord declaring the promise of God, not only to Mary and over Mary's life, but over our lives and all of humanity because the blessing and the favor that she would receive would not only be a blessing to her own life, but a blessing to ours even today, 2,000 years later. But if we read this story, the story goes on to be quite, not exactly as favorable as I would think it should be. I mean, I would think if the Savior of the world was coming into the world that he would be born in a top-notch facility. I mean, the best doctors in town. I'm talking the, the best nurses, the best structure or building of the time, the cleanest of cleanest places. That There would be a, a group of powerful people of authority waiting for this child to be born to celebrate the birth of a Savior. But we know that that wasn't the case. The story eventually moves to the birth of the Savior in very unfavorable conditions. The way Mary was treated was close to inhumane. It was definitely uncomfortable, and for sure it was unsanitary. She was rejected by her own and unwelcomed by her own family and in her own town. She was shamed. She had to tell her husband to be Joseph that she was uh, uh, that she was with child and that she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Could you imagine being Joseph? Now we know Scripture testifies that later on the angel also came to Joseph and confirmed to Joseph that Mary was with child and it was from God. But could you imagine if you were Joseph and a woman came to you that you were engaged to be married to, and she says, "Listen." Honey, I got some great news. I'm favored of the Lord. <laughs> I'm pregnant with God's baby. <laughs> Listen, I could be vulnerable and gullible, but I'm not that vulnerable and gullible. You'd look at her like she was crazy. And then you would think like, if I'm going to believe this, what kind of fool must I be? 
these circumstances and situations did not look favorable at all to me. In fact, it looked unfavorable. It looked like a situation that I would want no part of, that I would run away from, that I would give anything not to be part of. And here we are, a promise, a declaration that was spoken over a life. Rejoice. You're highly favored and you're blessed. Looking at the present circumstance that we're looking at in this scripture, I don't see anything that seems like I'm favored and blessed. Here we are on a, on a, a, a riding through, through a desert with a, a pregnant uh, a girlfriend who says she's been impregnated by the Holy Spirit trying to find a place for her to give birth because they had to go away from the town and the place they lived. The, she was shunned, probably looked at as, as a liar. An angel of God had to come to Joseph himself, probably the closest human being to this woman, other than her, her parents. And an angel of the Lord had to come to him for him to even believe her. So what do you think everybody else was thinking? What do you think the consensus in the town was, in the family? What do you, what do you think Aunt Jenny was talking about to Uncle Joe? Do you think they were saying, oh, it's so wonderful? They were probably saying, she's a liar. She did dirty. At that point in that culture, this was something that was to be shunned. And yet the word was declared over her that she was favored, that she was blessed, that she was in a place that any person would want to be in. And as I look at this situation and I look at this circumstance, there's nothing about this circumstance. I wouldn't want to be Joseph. I wouldn't want to be Mary. I wouldn't want to be related to Mary. I wouldn't want to be Joseph's friend because I would definitely have something to say to him. This situation does not look favorable. Yet the declaration of the word of God over her life, over her situation, says you're blessed and you're highly favored. So she had to believe the word of God that was declared over her life. She had to believe what the angel of the Lord spoke to her, regardless of what the situation and the circumstance may have looked like. Have you ever been in a situation? Have you ever been in a place in life where the situation, your reality looks like it's a mess? It looks so unfavorable. It looks like something you want to run away from. But but you have a word from God that says, listen, I'm going to carry you through. I'm going to take care of you. I got you. I'm going to turn this situation that looks terrible into something wonderful. Have you ever been in that place? Have you ever been in that place? Rejected. Does it look favorable to you? We often look at favor and we, we expect it to look like this. This is what I expect. I expect success and prosperity from favored. I expect happiness and a comfortable situation. I expect, if I'm favored, especially from God, to be treated well by people with power and means. But how many people know, know that when God favors you, when God says you're favored, he looks at it as, as different things. Number one, when you're favored from God, he looks at it like this. You're going to be used by me, therefore you're favored. I don't find the same, same definition there. 
of what favor is. When I think that I'm favored, when, when, when I would think, Lord, I want you to bless me, I want you to favor me, the things that I think of as, Lord, I want you to prosper me, and I want you to put good people in my life, and I want you to give me a good job or a good career. I want my finances to be in order. I want to have healthy children, and I want to ha- have, ha- have a, 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 a strong marriage. And those are the things that I think of when I say we're favored. In. But the Lord doesn't always look at his favor like that. He looks at his favor and he says, is this a person I can use? Is this a person that is available to me? Is this a person that, that I can, that I can uh, give eternal purpose to? Is this a person that will live by faith in, 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 in the promise or the spoken word in, regardless of what the present circumstance and the present situation looks like? That's what favor is to God. So when God declares the word over Mary that, listen, you're going to be favored. He wasn't saying that everything was going to be wonderful. He isn't saying that everything's going to be comfortable. What he's saying is, Mary, I have an eternal purpose for your life. I want to use your life. I want to take your life and make your life account for something far greater and far more than you ever imagined or ever thought that I would use your life for. And today, in this place today, God speaks over our life and he says, I want to favor people. I want people to be in my favor. But their favor is, the favor I'm speaking of is a different kind of favor. God is looking for a man. God is looking for a woman that will lay down their own agenda, their own will, their own idea of what they want out of life and say, Lord, I will lay it down. I will give you my will. I will give you my idea. I will give you the things that, 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 I've, that I've been chasing after for years. And I will say, here I am. I am available to you. That's the kind of person that God wants to bestow his favor upon. And that kind of person is harder to find. Everybody wants to have more things. Everybody wants to have a good marriage. Everybody wants to have a good career. Everybody wants the right car. Everybody wants health. But God is looking for someone he can favor. God is looking for someone that he can give eternal purpose to. God is looking for somebody that will say, yes, Lord, I want to be a part of your plan. Not my plan, your plan. I lay down my plan to be part of a much greater plan. A plan that doesn't only affect my life and my well-being, but a plan and a life that will send ripple effects from generation to generation to generation. And a testimony of the greatness of God will come out of a life that is favored by the Lord. Biblical examples of men that were favored, we can look at many of them. Noah, Genesis 6, 8 says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You guys do know that uh, Noah was told to, to build an ark because it was going to start raining before there was ever rain on the earth. He was looked at as a fool. He was even uh, caught drunk. And so we see that God doesn't only favor perfect people. He favors people that make mistakes, don't always do the right thing. So, so if you've made some mistakes, in your life, you're still eligible for the favor of God. But God favored Noah. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. We know that Noah spent years building a ship when there was no rain. He was laughed at. He was mocked. He was joked at. He was made fun of. He was told he was a crazy lunatic. But how many people know once it started raining, Noah wasn't so nuts. Noah found the favor of God. And it may have not looked favorable for the years when he was hammering away. And people were laughing at him, but how many people know when it started to rain, Noah was real favorable then. Sometimes you have to go through seasons of being laughed at 
Sometimes you got to go through seasons of hard work. Sometimes you got to go through seasons where people don't understand you because you want to walk in God's favor. We know Joseph was a man of favor. It says in chapter 39, verse 21, but the Lord, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him great favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. We know that Joseph is like a poster boy for favor. Everywhere he went, he had favor. But how many people know that he found favor in bad bad situations? You remember that God had given him a dream and said, listen, you're going to be great and your brothers are going to bow to you. And he was immature and, and foolish enough to tell his brothers, now nobody likes to hear anyone say, listen, guess what, I'm going to be reigning over you. You're going to be bowing to me. So he, he, he was not mature enough to know that that's not what you tell your older brothers. But they threw him in a pit and he was sold into slavery and he found favor there. And then he was lied on by Potiphar's wife and he went to jail and he found favor there. But how many people know he had to go in a pit to find favor? He had to go into jail to find favor. And we all want the favor of God and we all want to wear the coat of many colors, but we don't want to go to the low places. We don't want to go through any struggles or any hard times. We don't want to face anything because every time we face something, we feel like God's not with me and God's not favoring you. Sometimes the favor of God allows you to go through situations and circumstances. The favor of God can show off just a little bit. We know Daniel chapter 1 verse 9. It says, now God had brought Daniel into the favor and the goodwill of the chief of eunuchs. We know that Daniel, he was found to be an excellent young man. But there was jealousy. There was jealousy in the camp. And, 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 and the, uh, the, uh, the, the governors and the satraps, they, they lied. They, they, found, they tried to find ways to get him in trouble. And they manipulated the king so that, so that Daniel would, would have break a law because he was praying three times a day. And there was a, a statute put forward that, that if anybody was praying, that they would be thrown in jail. So the king had to throw him in jail. Uh, throw him in jail and the punishment at the time was the lion's den so he gets thrown in a lion's den and we know that the king wakes up in the morning because he really didn't want Daniel to die he didn't want to throw him in there but he had to honor his word and in the morning when Daniel was still alive it was obviously uh, 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 it was obvious to everyone that Daniel had favor with God and we all think that's wonderful oh the Lord will shut the mouth of the lions but how many people know he had to spend the night with with the lions. We're all willing and want to shout out about the fact that the lions didn't eat them. But what would you be doing in the lion's pit? Some of you are in the lion's pit. Some of you been in the lion pit. Some of you going in the lion pit. And I want to encourage you, don't give up faith on your God. Because that God that spoke that word over you, that God that gave you a promise, is the same God that's going to be with you for hour one, for hour two, and hour three, until the sun comes up. Until the king says, Daniel, are you there come on out but sometimes you got to spend the night in a lion's pit and don't ever think for a second that you don't have God's favor or God's attention just because you find yourself in a lion's pit David Acts chapter 7 verse 46 says David found favor in God's sight that he may uh, uh, find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob we know that David found favor with God we know that he was king we know that Jesus would come from his lineage. We know that he was a man after God's own heart. David was so loved by God. 
David had an intimate relationship with God. David found so much favor with God. Even when he did wrong, when he was repented, God was quick to give him mercy and quick to restore him. But you want to know something? The thing that we don't know is King David wasn't always King David. King David was exercised from his people. He had to hide out in a cave. He was, he was chased and looked after to be killed by King Saul. From the time that, that, he, that, that the oil was poured over his head, it was some like 14 or 15 years before he actually received his crown. So we see King David and we say, oh wow, Samuel came and poured oil over his head. But we forget about the moment where, where David was in the shepherd's field and Samuel came to Jesse and he said, bring me your sons. And they didn't even think about bringing and David to him. Why? Because David may have not been favored by man, but David was favored by God. I will take the favor of God over the favor of man any day. Because when you're favored of God, eventually man will catch up with you. So, so David, forgotten about by his brothers, not thought enough of his dad that he could possibly be king because he didn't look like a king. He didn't act like a king. But he was faithful and he was in the shepherd field. And he beats Goliath, and you think at that point, whoa, there's the favor of God. It's just wonderful. He, he just beat Goliath, and all the people are shouting his name, and all the people are, 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 are praising David. And, 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 and they likely, if it was up to them, they probably would have put David right on the throne right at that point in time. But how many people know, like I said, it was 15, 14 to 15 years before the time that David was anointed to be king as a teenage boy and the time that he would come into his kingdom and we all want to be King David and we all want to reign and we all want to have our own kingdoms and we all want to have our own power and our own control and our own wealth and our own riches. But what we don't realize is that there was a cave season for David. And those are the seasons where most people give up. Those are the seasons where most people don't think that the promise was for them. They feel like, oh, the promise of blessing and favor over my life doesn't exist because if it, if it existed, I would walk right into the kingdom. But some of you have to realize this, is that God is preparing you for something greater and God has a great purpose in, uh, uh, for your life and, and, and a great promise, but sometimes you have to go dwell in a cave for a while. But, but if you're not, if you're, if you if you don't recognize that God is still with you and God will take you through the cave, you'll wind up dying in a cave. You'll wind up getting depressed in a cave. You'll wind up forgetting about who you are and who your God is. So some of you are in a cave right now and you got to remember. you got to remember the word that was spoken over your life. you got to remember the promise that God has given you. And if God has given you a promise, and if you're sitting in this room right now with me, God is giving you a promise right now. Favored. You are blessed. God loves you, and he has a purpose for your life. But don't get lost in the cave. Don't get lost in the cave. Don't get lost in the cave. David was favored of God. We know John the Baptist. Jesus said this about John, and I preached about this a few weeks ago. He said, surely I say to you, among those born of women, there was not one risen greater than John the Baptist. Here's Jesus, God, saying that nobody was greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, how did it end up for him in jail and with his head cut off? That's not going to happen to you guys, but... <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the favor of God looks different than what we imagine. 
It sometimes looks unfavorable. But if you're not willing to go through an unfavorable season, if you're not willing to go through a little bit of struggle, if you're not willing to go through a little bit of hardship, you will miss what God has for you. You will miss what the end result is going to be. I see so often and so many times, guys, you know, they they get excited. They come up to a couple altar calls. They start believing God. They start saying, the Lord spoke to me, and this is what I'm supposed to do, and this is where I'm supposed to go, and this is who I'm supposed to be. And then they go through trials three, four, five, six months later, and all of that they declared, all they said that God did, all they said that happened just took a little too long for them, and they abort mission, and they forget that sometimes you got to be faithful in a cave. Sometimes you got to be faithful in a sheep pasture. Sometimes you got to be faithful and stand in faith while you're in the middle of a, a lion's den. But I promise you right now one thing, that our God is faithful. He is not a man that he shall lie. And that if you will just stand and trust him a little bit, he will take you through. Three stages of favor. The declaration of favor which is a spoken promise from an angel or a heavenly being. We see that in this, in this portion of Scripture, that there is a, a declaration from the angel Gabriel over Mary. So a favor can be de- declared to you from an angel. Favor can be declared over your life or blessing can be declared over your life when the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit. Holy, the, uh, the declaration of favor can come from a prophecy or somebody speaking over your life. So it could come from an angel. It could come from you, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. It could come from another person. But every, every one of them has to be confirmed and in line with the Holy Scriptures. The testimony of Scripture will never be contradicted by any declaration or any word spoken over your life by by another person who says they come in the name of the Lord, by your your whole your spirit, we could get mixed up with our emotions and our own our own self and 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 in the holy and with the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And if an angel comes to you, trust me, if he comes to you, you'll know it. And I guarantee that his declaration over your life will be in line with the word. But there is a season of declaration that we go through. I remember when, 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 I, when, I, when I first got saved as an adult and I started going to churches and it was almost like this, this season that, that every time I went someplace, somebody would come up to me and just out of the blue would be like, listen, you know, God's called you to preach. God's called you to ministry. You're a man of God, da-da-da. You know, oh, God's called you. You're going you, you're to t- touch nations. You're going to go around the world. And it was like... Every single time there was a season where the word was being declared over me. And, and then, then every time I would, I would go into prayer and I begin, uh, uh, in my times of intimacy with the Lord, I would hear that, that declaration over my life. I've called you. You're favored. You're blessed. I have a purpose. I have a plan for your life. See, there was a season of declaration, a season where the word and the promises was, be, was being spoken and given. You know, so there's a season and a declaration of favor. And then there's another season of preparation or positioning for God's favor. Psalms 30 uh, verse 5 says, For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I want you to, to listen to that. 
We see a couple different things in this this portion of Scripture right there in Psalms 30, verse 5. Number one, we see favor. It says favor is for life. He says God has blessed you with favor for life. So you're favored, okay? But in that same thing, we see weeping weeping may endure for the night. So even know that you're favored, even know that you're blessed, even know that you have a promise, you're still going to face some seasons of weeping. But there is a promise that you're going to come through it. End of your season of weeping, there's going to be a great season of joy. So don't think for one minute that you're not favored because you're going through a season of weeping. Because just like the season of joy is promised, so is the season of weeping. So there is a season of preparation and positioning for God's favor. So we have a season and a stage of the declaration of God's favor over our life. We see that in Scripture where the angel comes. And then there's a preparation or positioning for God's favor. We know in that portion of Scripture that Mary is is, is being prepared to give birth to what she's holding, which is God's favor. Your faith is found most powerful when your revelation is greater than your present reality. Your faith is found most powerful when your revelation is greater than your present reality. What does that mean? It means the revelation that I have from Scripture, the revelation that I have from the Lord, the declaration that I have from the Lord is realer to me and more powerful to me than what my present circumstances situation. Which means if I walk out of this place and, and I, I face hell and high water, that's not going to change the fact that I know that my God is for me. If I walk out of this door and all hell breaks loose in my family, I'm still going to know that I'm favored and God has a purpose and a plan. It means this. If, 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 if I lose a job, God's still going to provide. It means if I crash up my car, God will get me another one. If I get sick, God's going to heal me. If I face some a financial situation, God is going to provide. He's going to take me through. Because, because my revelation is realer to me than my present circumstance. I don't live by reality. I live by faith. I live by faith. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. So you can live in the hardship of today. I may go through hardship, but I'm not going to live there. Emotionally and mentally, I'm three seasons ahead of my hardship because I'm coming out of this bad boy. So we have the preparation and positioning of God's favor. The season that we go through as God prepares us. We know that uh, uh, Mary was, 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 the word was declared over her. Man, you're highly favored. It's wonderful. Then she goes through the positioning and the preparation where she goes through the rejection. She goes through the loneliness. She goes through dealing with the gossip about her. She has to go through the seasons of learning not to care what everybody thinks of her. And when you're waiting on the favor, you're waiting on the promise, you're waiting on the declaration that's been spoken over your life, you will go through seasons of loneliness. You will go through seasons where you feel like that promise, maybe I, I was hearing something that wasn't real, or maybe, maybe that's for somebody else, or maybe I missed it, or, or maybe, maybe I sinned too much and I just blew God's blessing over my life. We all go through seasons of positioning. We've, we've heard uh, the quote before that 
the people that rejected me just positioned me. I don't know how it goes because I didn't have it's not in my notes, but the people that rejected me just put me in position to be for God's blessing or something along that lines. Is that even the negative things, the negative people, the negative circumstances in your life, God will take those situations and he'll turn them around for your good. God will take what was meant to destroy you and he'll use it for for your good. And that's a promise. Then the manifestation of favor. Psalms 84.11 says, For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord God will give grace and glory. And I love this about the Lord. It says, No good thing will he uphold from those that walk uprightly. What does that mean? God's not afraid to bless you. He's not going to withhold good things from you. Psalms 90.17 says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish the work of our hands for us. Establish the work of our hands. God wants to bless you. But sometimes being blessed doesn't always look like being blessed. Just like God wanted to bless Joseph. It didn't always look that way. God wanted to bless Mary and blessed Mary, but it didn't look that way. God wanted to bless Daniel, but he was lied on, thrown in jail. Thrown in, a, thrown in a lion's pit. These were highly favored people. These were people that had eternal purpose, that God found great joy in them and their faithfulness. And in David, I mean, the Bible talks about over and over, and Scripture talks about David, David, David. God was a big fan of David. <laughs> and David messed up so much. He made almost as many mistakes as me. And yet still, he still found favor with God. But in the middle of all that favor, in the middle of all that blessing, were seasons of toughing it out. It was seasons where he felt alone. We know that the scriptures testify that he said he had to encourage himself in the Lord because there was nobody around him to encourage him. So he had to find the strength in himself to encourage himself. We all look at the end of all things, and we look at the stories, and we read the Bible like it all happened in a day or two. We say, man, I would love to be them. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You know, we have such a hard time as human beings and people going through, especially in our culture, man. We're in a microwave culture. Americans, we are. We are spoiled. I am spoiled. I am spoiled. I'll tell you, I am spoiled. I am spoiled. We have so much blessing and prosperity in this nation. You know, we don't even realize it. Even for the men that were in the program, three quarters of the civilized world would die for everything that we have here. And we don't realize it. We're just so blessed. But the greatest blessing and the greatest in the worship team can come up wherever they're at. God wants to bless us. God wants to manifest his favor in our life. But God will always do it his way according to his will and his timing. His way, his will, and his timing. You know, the reality of it is if you're here today, God has favored you. 
How do I know that? Because he's put you in a position to hear the greatest message ever told, the greatest story ever told, to offer the greatest gift that's ever been offered to any person, and that's Jesus Christ. You know, there's parts of the world it's hard to imagine that, that the gospel hasn't reached yet. And if it would have been so, Jesus would have already came back. There's parts of this world that have not heard the gospel. And we live in a culture and in a, in a country and in a time where we are, we are saturated with gospel music, gospel radio, I wake up in the morning and there's 17 channels with preaching. Some I would recommend, some I wouldn't. But nevertheless, the gospel is being declared and preached all through this nation. Even in the midst of it, when we say, man, we're, 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 we're going the wrong direction and, and the world's falling apart and this country is going to hell. And some of that is true. But I tell you what. The gospel is still being ministered, and God is still blessing this nation. And more missionaries and, and, and more charity come out of this country than any other place in the civilized world. And I believe that God will continue to bless us because of that, because the gospel is being preached. You know, we all want to have favor, you know. I mean, we all want to blessed and have things and have a life and you know most people that come in here especially you know and myself included when I first got here I just want to have a life man I just want to stay out of jail and you know do something it's very simple we all want that but God has so much more if you're available He'll not, even, he'll not only give you that stuff most definitely, but he'll use your life for eternal purposes. He'll use your life so that when you pass on from this world, there'll be a, a line of people that were blessed because of you, because you were here, because you were born, because you lived. That's what I live for. God, empty it out. I don't want to live just to have my own nice house and Nice car, puppy. I do want a puppy, though. But I don't live for that stuff. I live for guys like Keith. So that when I stand before my heavenly father, I made use of my life. And that I didn't squander what he gave me. You know, Isaiah 61 it's titled, The Year of the Lord's Favor, and it was recited in Isaiah 61 and also by Jesus. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to re and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, 
They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Clearly, this is God's greatest act of favor to mankind, Jesus. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about the greatest act of favor from God in your lives. So if we could, I'd like you to stand right now. And as we go into the Christmas season, I'm not doing this for a full altar call. I'm not doing this because it makes me feel good when people come up. So if you're not serious, and this isn't real, and this is not something that you really want to dedicate your life to, and, and I can say that because Jesus said it. He told them to pick up their cross and follow him. He told them to sell everything they got and come follow him. So he, he was about people being serious. And I'm about people being serious. I don't care about full altars. I don't care about, about coming up. I, I don't mind if you come up every single altar call. But I want you to be serious about this. You know, as we face, the, face this season of Christmas and we open up presents and we do all these things, we celebrate and... You know, we put up trees and lights, and we go visit family, and we ate way too much food. The thing it's really about is the gift of Jesus.